Every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, Timothy. There is power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus, oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, oh, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. Let's say there is power. There is power. Come on. Come on, you declare it. There is power.
Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's give him some praise this morning. He's worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Come on, continue to give the praises. Go on, hallelujah. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory and all the honor this morning, oh God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. We welcome everyone this morning into the house of God. So glad to see everyone. Amen. That is here this morning. Praise God. Some uh, pleasant surprise. But, you know, in God's house, you, you don't be surprised, you know, because God is in control of everything. Amen. But we welcome our online viewers this morning. We're so glad that you join us via Internet. Uh, we pray that before the services conclude this morning, the Lord bless you this morning. The Lord touch you. The Lord will strengthen you. And whatever your desires are this morning, the Lord will fulfill all your desires this morning. Amen. Amen. And the same thing applies for all of us that are in the house of God this morning. We pray God blessing will be upon all of us in this place this morning that we're not going to have room to contain His blessing. You see, when God is ready to pour His blessing, when He poured out on you, you won't, you just can't contain yourself. Amen. So we want to make sure we can be a vessel for God that when God is ready to use us, He can use us in a miraculous way. Amen. We want you to stand with us. We're going to get right into our service this morning. Again, so glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. We welcome you to be, uh, part of, we welcome you all this morning that are here to worship God in Christ Center Church. And we're so glad to be in His presence. As the songwriter said, in His presence there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand there are pledges forevermore. So we're going to pray and ask the Lord's will to be done this morning. And that whatever He has to do this morning, He will do it. Amen. Pray with us this morning. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We adore you, Lord God, this morning, O God. We thank you, Lord God, one more time to be in your presence, O God, where we can worship you, Lord God, in the beauty of holiness, O God, where we can worship you and praise you, Lord God. We're so grateful, O God, for your love. We're so grateful, Lord God, for your blessing, O God. Nothing good what we have done, O God, O God, to deserve your blessings, O God. But, Lord God, while we were in our sins, O God, you died so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. And as we gather together, Lord God, we thank you for every person, oh God, that is in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord this morning. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you will touch every person, Lord God, that is here this morning, Lord God. Those who are joining us via internet, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you will touch them this morning, Lord God, and that you will supply all our needs, oh God, according to your riches in glory, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will move in a miraculous way in our service this morning, oh God. Move in a mighty way in our service this morning, oh God. Move like you have never moved, oh God, before, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that someone that is joining us for the first time, Lord God, that will hear the sermon and that they will be changed, oh God. That they will be transformed, oh God. They will give their life to you before time changes, oh God. For the God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch
that you will pray, singers, this morning. I pray anointing upon the man of God that as he come forth this morning, oh God, that your anointing will be upon him and that you'll use him to preach your word, oh God, instant, oh God, oh God, and the authority of the Holy Ghost, oh God, I pray, Lord God, for a mighty move of your spirit like never before, oh God, as we give you the glory and oh God, as we give you all the honor, Lord God, oh God, we are your servant, oh God, we get us together to lift up your name, to praise your name, to glorify your name, to magnify your name. And oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch our hearts this morning, touch our minds this morning. Oh God, baptize us, oh God, with the power from an eye, oh God. Baptize us with the power of the Holy Ghost this morning, oh God. As we worship you this morning, we ask you to have your way, Lord God, among us. As we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's just worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. Hallelujah, Jesus. I need just one or two people just to clap their hands and praise the Lord with me this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Say the presence of the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord. And I feel a man. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is here. The spirit of the spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord, the of the Lord is here. And I feel them in. I Say the power of the power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. And I feel them in. I feel them in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. Everybody blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. Because the Lord. Let 
presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the, the, of the Lord is here. And I feel them in.
worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. To
and adore him. Let's love him and honor him. Jesus is in this house. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Lord Jesus, we honor you. Oh, hallelujah. We're grateful. We're thankful that we are together in your presence, Lord God. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that's within me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody love the Lord this morning. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Just by saying that name, demons tremble. The presence of the Lord consume us like a fire. Oh, Jesus, your wonderful name, your glorious name, your miraculous name. Oh, Jesus, there is none like you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is none like him. There is none like Jesus. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. There is none like Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let him know how you feel about him this morning. We came this morning to worship him. We're together again to worship him. We're here this morning to love him. Oh, God, you inhabit the praises of your people. Consume us with the fire of your spirit, oh, great God. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you, it is such a wonderful sight and such a wonderful sound when the people of God just begin to worship Him. When we come together and we just begin to worship the Lord together and we begin to just praise Him, there is, that's, it's just a wonderful sight. It's just a wonderful sound when the people of God begin to worship Him. When the people of God begin to adore Him. We need to worship Him this morning. Thank Him for this great privilege that we can be together and worship Him and adore him. There's something about when the people of God get together and they praise Him. When the people of God get together and they worship Him. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there is nothing like the people of God worshiping Him. There is nothing like the people of God giving Him the praise, honoring Him, blessing His name. There is nothing like the power of God dwelling among His people. 
Worship Him with me. Worship Him with me. Exalt His name and love Him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing like the people of God worshiping Him and adoring Him. Listen, the, 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 the Scripture says that God sent Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh, let my people go so they can worship me. So it's something about the people of God worshiping Him. It's something about when God and His people get together, something happens. Something happens when God and His people get together and they come together in a powerful way when they worship Him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. So good to see everyone. Amen. We are so blessed and fortunate that we can come together. We can't take this for granted. We can't take this for granted. God has given us this great, wonderful privilege to just get together and experience his presence together. Josiah, it's a wonderful thing. We are blessed. And I'm grateful that I am here with you this morning. You're here with me. And most importantly, the Lord Jesus is in the midst and he is doing some wonderful things. Thank you for being here this morning. So good to see so many of you. Brother Chuby, we're so glad to have you this morning. Brother Chuby, been out sick. And we thank God for you, Brother Chuby. Good to see you so looking good. Amen. The Sharps are here and we're grateful that the Sharps are here. Amen. My brother and sister-in-law is here. Brother and Sister Johnson, amen, deacon and deaconess, mess with them, I love them, amen, so good to see the Odom family, all of you that are here, amen, it's good to see you, you may be seated, we thank God for what he is doing in this place, amen, let me just take your one quick order of business, uh, what was it, um, I guess I got to get the glasses out for this, on June 7th. We baptized Brother Larry Odom in the backyard in the baptism tank. Man, Brother Larry, I, we, 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 we sit around and we just talk about what God has done and during the corona pandemic. I mean, church was hopping in the basement. I'm preaching up a storm like we in some big arena and I'm down in my basement. I mean, I mean, the power of God was just moving in the basement. And Ethan, we was having church. Ethan, Ethan didn't even stay home. Ethan was coming to the basement. My Lord, Ethan decided, I'm coming to the basement, Pastor. I would get a text message, Pastor, can I come to the basement this morning? <laughs> you would think it was a big arena. We was just having church in a big arena. But we had great church when we couldn't get in the building, and we thank God for that. And, and, and guess what? And, and Larry wanted to get baptized. The Lord worked on his heart, and he decided, I want to get baptized. Guess what? We didn't even know how to get him baptized. The pools wasn't ready. Nothing wasn't ready. So guess what we did? We just bought a baptism tank. Brother Tom and I and Brother Scarlett, we made some stuff up and, you know, fill it up with water. And before you know it, we're baptized in the backyard. Come on, Jesus. Whatever we got to do for the Lord, we're going to do it. And so, Brother Larry Oda, we want you to come and receive your certificate of baptism in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ. Come on, Brother Larry. We got to show. So, hold on, hold on, Brother Larry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're trying to be safe. Hey, hold on. When he, hey, if you see the pictures, when he came to get baptized, he had his face mask on. He wasn't playing. Brother Larry, good dude, man. He know how to make things work. All right, put my face mask on. All right, come on now, Brother Larry. We good. We good. Come on. That's yours. Brother Larry, hold on. Brother Tom got to take our picture. There you go. Ah, oh, yeah. All right, take one without our mask. <laughs> All right, there you go. Oh, Lord, thank you. Amen. Keep praying for Brother Larry. He's a great dude. Great dude. I tell you, I'm always so um, filled with joy when I see young men take care of their family, love their family. Don't you see that? You love that? I love that. I love that. And he is a good man. Take care of his family. I love that. Amen. And so all these young men that are just just being what God wants them to be, take care of their family. It's just a great honor to have them be a part of this church. Amen. Thank God for you, Brother Larry. Amen. I guess it's offering time. We'll take our offering. And um, if you can get your offering in your hand. Amen. Listen, so I, I have a story to give you real quick. And so, you know, we've been saying we want $1.7 million to purchase a property, right? And so, you know, we're still praying for our $1.7 million. And um, we're believing that if it's the will of God, God will open the door and he'll provide for us. And so um, this week we received an offering in the mail and it was a substantial offering in the mail. And um, it came from New York. Won't call any names because I don't want anybody going to see um, the person and say, can I borrow something? (laughs) But the person is watching right now. She know who she is, right? And so she sent a really good offering in the mail this week. And she said, this is what she said. She said, this is part of the 1.7 million. Hallelujah. So, so don't sleep on the Lord. He's got people. It says he's got a ram in the bush. And so he will send people. And before you know, we'll get that 1.7 million. We'll go into our building. And you know the reason why I've been saying this? I don't want this church to ever have um, the pressure of mortgage, you know, high mortgage. We don't need that. This church has been blessed and we have done some wonderful things uh, for the Lord. All that we bring in is used for kingdom business. And I, I, I just don't see, you know, the, the, the deal to pay a whole lot of money every month to be in a building. Um, so I'm just trusting that the, the Lord God will pay for the building some kind of way and we won't have to worry about it. Amen. And so just keep praying. But if you want to be uh, take part in that one point seven, you want to give something substantial. Just don't hesitate. The Lord wants to bless you. So give a good substantial amount toward that one point seven million. Amen. We don't know how all of this social distancing will go. And so the bigger the place, the more people we can have in. Amen. You know, we're getting a little nervous this morning. <laughs> we're getting a little nervous this morning. <laughs> Amen. Hey, y'all watch the back door in a little bit. But pretty soon we might have to tell them sit in the car and stream. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But get your offering in your hand. What we've done to minimize traffic is um, we, we have a few baskets around. So here's a basket here, basket there, basket in the middle, and there's a basket in the back. So try to get to the baskets, and if you can't, um, someone will come around and see you. But give a good offering this morning, as you know, as we've been saying. It's for the kingdom of God, and it's for you to be blessed. This is the way God has chosen to bless you 
um, financially is by you supporting the work of the ministry. And so give this morning. Don't think about it. The Lord will take care of you. And we thank you. Amen. I want to greet all of our uh, online viewers, those that are uh, part of our virtual service. want you to know that we love you and appreciate you. And um, we're so grateful for people joining, joining us all around the country. I found out yesterday that um, there's an Ingrid in Guyana that has been joining us. But she's, um, she, haven't, she didn't show her name on the, uh, on, I'm not even sure if it's uh, YouTube or Facebook, Patrice. But Ingrid, um, that is um, Riz's mother. So she is watching us from Guyana. We know people that's watching us in Jamaica, and we have people down in Florida, Joe and Barbara, and um, um, what's the other lady down in um, Florida? Dee Dee. Dee Dee. We have Dee Dee. So there are people in Canada, uh, across the waters, internationally, that are viewing our services, and we just want to be able to be a blessing. And so if we are being a blessing to you, we are grateful for that because we want to do what God wants us to do. And if that helps you draw closer to the Lord Jesus, then we are all good with that. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our service. And um, whatever we can do to help you, assist you in your walk with Christ, that would be great. Brother D, you're looking pretty sharp this morning. <laughs> Brother D like the low key. And I always mess with him because I know he's low key. <laughs> him and Sam trying to be low key. And I mess with them and bring them out of the low keyness. Brother D looking sharp this morning, Sam. You just got to see him. Looking like the um, the safety. Like, you know, uh, Brother D used to play football. Today he looking like a safety. That's, what he, that's the position he played in football. <laughs> Brother D was this close to going to the pro. This close. But the Lord had a plan. That's all we can say right there. The Lord had a plan because... Uh, if it wasn't um, for a plan that God had, he, I'm sure he would have went pro and we wouldn't know him. But he didn't go pro and here he is today living for the Lord Jesus Christ and leading his family. And so we thank God for that. Hallelujah. It's offering time. Don't forget you have plenty of ways to give. Cash app as you see. CCC 2711 if you want to give cash app. You can money sign. Okay. Money dollar sign. CCC Two seven one one. You can do PayPal, okay? Christ Centered Church. Uh, you can go on our website, ChristCenteredOnline.com, and you can click on the link to give. And also, if you want to text Patrice and call her up and you know give with your swipe, we can do that. And if you want to mail a payment in, like the person just did this week. Um, that gave to our $1.7 million fund, you can mail that payment to 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619, and make it um, to Christ-Centered Church. And that's your opportunity to give, and when you give, God will give back to you. Amen. I'm not afraid to talk about money. Hey, can I tell you a secret real quick? I talk big because I work a secular job, Brother D, because, you know, the word on the streets a lot of times, you know, they say the preacher, you know, he's taking the money and all that stuff. But, but guess what? I got my job. I still have my job. So so I feel good when I talk about money and everybody get uncomfortable. I still I have my job. So my job take care of me and my family and all of this stuff that you give, it just goes straight to the church. Straight to none of it go in my pocket. Straight to the church. So I believe we're going to get to that 1.7 quickly, and you all will have your own building where you can come and have everything that you need. We want you to have everything because it's your church. It's your church. 
You know, people have, you know, I preached about this, in, you know, some, probably a couple of months ago, but you got to realize the church belongs to God. And if you are his people, then you are the church. And so the church don't belong to the pastor. You know how some people set it up and it looked like, oh, it's the pastor. Hey, you don't pastor church. Trust me, the church keep going, the pastor get old, he can't pastor no more, he die off, the church keep going. He ain't the pastor church. No, sir, it's God's church. And if you are a part of it, it's your church. So when we get our building, it's our church. What you're doing is for us. And if the Lord tarries, you're doing it for your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, your aunts, your uncles. That's what we're doing it for so people can have a chance to be saved. You cannot be saved without the church. Try it. Try to be saved without the church. Never happen. So we all just need to invest in the church. And if God comes back before we die, then great. But if we die before he returns, we get to be in his presence and the church keeps going and more people are being saved. Greatest investment you can make in all the world. Amen. I got a note. Got to take out the glasses for the note. These, these, but they, the handwriting is small. Tennessee is watching. <laughs> Rose and Teddy. I'm going to get them. Amen. I didn't hear from Rose and Teddy for a little bit. They better watch out. I know they just had a transition. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, Teddy's mom, mother-in-law, and, 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 and Rose's mom, was, they were together for a little while while she tried to shop for a house down in Tennessee. So she just, she just left them. Amen. And Miss Eileen is a handful. We love Miss Eileen. <laughs> so, Rose and Teddy, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, ready to give? Because it's giving time. Stand offering in your hand. Offering in your hand. Hallelujah. Offering in my hand. Offering in my hand. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. I'm going to get my blessings. I'm going to get my blessings. Oh, ah, I got my offering in my hand. Don't mess with me today. Oh. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my blessing. Oh, hey, this is why the Lord said be a cheerful giver. When you're cheerful and giving, oh, man, I'm going to tell you, I am not making this up. Somebody this week is going to get a substantial blessing. Your attitude for why you're giving right now, how you feel in your heart that about giving, you're getting ready to get a substantial blessing this week. Because I feel it in my spirit how you're just like, come on, I'm ready to give. Come on, I'm ready. You are going. I want whoever it is, if you hear next week, make sure you testify or send it in so we can tell about your testimony. Substantial blessing this week. Amen. Father, we thank you for this privilege to give, to support, oh God, the advancing of the kingdom of God. Lord, we're so grateful and so glad to take part in this great work you're doing in the earth. Lord, we come cheerfully and willingly. We give unto the edifying of the body and the building up of the kingdom of God. And we know, Lord God, that this will go for your intended purpose and the givers will be blessed as you have promised. Thank you. Bless us as we give in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Give and the Lord will give unto you. Hallelujah.
chapter 17, verse number 11. Leviticus chapter 17, verse number 11. If you will stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord. Again, it's so good to see everyone. Good to be with you. I was just told that we are at maximum capacity. 
according to the percentages, how many people are allowed. And so we're at that percentage. So if someone happens to come in, um, that's a guess. <laughs> we, we, we've already got it calculated in the back. They've determined who will be the first one to leave out. <laughs> uh, I don't know what if they had to um, do rocks, paper, scissors to see who will have to leave when someone come in. But <laughs> yeah, that's the sacrificial giving. Oh, man. I remember um, before we started Christ in the church and when I was um, in my old church and I was all into the preaching and the preaching is going on. Every once in a while, somebody send to call me, Brother Tom. And I'm just like looking back like Peyton does. Like, why are they calling me? But, you know, you put on the smile. I'm like, what? Well, church is going on. But thank God for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I am glad to be in the house of the Lord. Leviticus, amen, chapter 17, hallelujah. The word of the Lord says in verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Hallelujah. <laughs> we got all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> oh, he's got the Bible. You know, you have the Bible read to you. We're reading this morning, Brother Johnson, so you can tell the guy over there. Tell him we're reading. He He's not reading this morning. <laughs> tell him we'll let him read tomorrow morning. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. The word of the Lord says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Without shedding of blood is no remission. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, blood flow, blood flow. Jesus, your presence is here. We're grateful to be together. We're grateful to be inhabited by you. Lord, whatsoever you want to do today, we will not hinder. We yield ourselves, our members, to the moving of your spirit, to your command. And, oh, my God, we take great privilege in worshiping and adoring you. We ask that you have your way this morning and that you will overwhelm us with your presence and that, Lord, our lives will not be the same when we leave this place, for we would have said that it was good to be in the house of the Lord because you moved on us in such a special way. Yeah. Father, we're praying for miracles, signs, and wonders, for demonstration by your power from on high. For, Lord, we know you're still doing the miraculous. And, oh, God, we're asking this morning that we will experience the miraculous. And that, Lord God, the gifts of the Spirit will operate among us, Lord God. 
You know the need that each and every one of us has. And, oh, God, we're asking that you will exceed, which is what you always do, Lord. Exceed our needs, Lord Jesus, and have your way, almighty God, that, Lord, we will not be the same ever again. We thank you for this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Blood flow. Somebody say blood flow. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when we refer to the term blood flow? Blood flows or blood flow refers to the movement of blood through a vessel, tissue, or organ, and is usually expressed in terms of volume of blood per unit of time. It is initiated by the contraction of the ventricles of the heart. The most important function of your blood is to deliver oxygen from our lungs to the farthest part of our body while removing carbon dioxide and other waste product, hormones, immune cells, and signaling molecules all travel through the blood in order to support the body's vital processes. The blood, circular system, or a circulatory system, which is also called the cardiovascular system, it delivers nutrients and oxygen to all cells in the body. It consists of the heart and the blood vessels running through the entire body, the arteries, carry blood away from the heart. The vein carry it back to the heart. Poor circulation is a problem. The blood needs to flow. And when the blood is stagnant, that's where you have poor circulation. Poor circulation is most common in your extremities, such as your legs. Hallelujah. We just keep it moving. The most common causes includes for poor circulation, obesity, diabetes, heart conditions, and arterial issues. Those are the most common issues for poor circulation. How do I prevent poor blood flow? If you smoke, stop smoking. Your life is at stake. You know, we like to say, you know, well, smoking give you cancer. I hear that. But also, smoking hinders blood flow. How do I make sure I don't hinder blood flow? Keep your blood pressure and cholesterol in a healthy range. Also, exercise regularly. Avoid long periods of immobility. Elevate your legs when you're sitting in a recliner with your legs up. And that could really help with blood flow. Now, I know you didn't come in here this morning 
for health, health lessons. I know you came in here to hear about Jesus Christ this morning. But I mentioned those things to you so you will realize the importance of the blood in the human body. The blood is a vital part of the human body. If there is no blood in the human body, then you're dead. Without blood flowing through our veins, we're not alive. And so it's, it's, it's imperative that we realize the importance of blood. God said it so from the very beginning that the blood will be a significant part of our body being alive. If the blood is not in our body, then we're in trouble. There's no life. If you have come to know and understand the importance of the blood in the natural, in the human body, you will realize its importance in spiritual life as well. So church, hear me this morning. Our God loves us so much. He cares about us so much. He wants us to succeed so much that here is what he did. He designed this world. He created this world, created us and placed us in this world. But here is a little piece of detail that a lot of us missed. The spiritual world existed before the natural world. So when God created this world, he was mimicking, he was, he was copying the spiritual world naturally. So what he did for us when we came into this world was he made sure the design and the makeup and, and how this world is set up and how we're made up. He made sure he designed it that way so we will have a great opportunity to understand the spiritual. So if you want to understand the spiritual, begin to pay attention a little bit more to the natural. Because if you look at the natural and you begin to say, Lord, uh, how do I understand this? He will let you know. The, re the way I came to, to this message this morning was last week my wife and I were walking. And we, 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 we've been starting to walk in the morning. And we're walking and I felt like uh, the, the blood was moving in different ways in my body. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And so when you're walking for a long time, if your arms are down, blood flows down in your fingers and your arms and all of that stuff. So you can tell how the blood is flowing. And then so I felt it flow down, so I put my hand up, and I realized it flowed back down. And so I'm watching, and I'm feeling how the blood is flowing through my body as I'm walking. And of course, now here come the Spirit of God and begin to gnaw at me and mess with me and says, see how important the blood is? And so here we are this morning because the Lord wanted us to understand the importance of the blood. But he made sure he gave us every opportunity to understand it by giving us a natural example of how the spiritual realm will work. <laughs> the blood is vital. The blood is important. You cannot live naturally without blood in your body, therefore... You cannot experience spiritual life without the blood. We need 
the flow of blood to live a spiritual life. You best believe if God made blood so important to the natural body, you better believe it that spiritually the blood is just as important to your spiritual life. And so just as the blood is important to the natural body, it is significant to the spiritual life. And without blood in the natural, you can't have life naturally. But without blood in the spiritual life, you cannot have eternal life. And somebody, I want you to hear me today, we need the blood of Jesus Christ uh, to flow in our life uh, for us to experience uh, eternal life. Uh, And so I'm asking you this morning uh, to think about this. Uh, How important uh, is the blood in your natural life? Uh, Well, so it is in your spiritual life. Somebody need to give the Lord some praise. God is good. This is why we come to see the scripture text in Leviticus 17:11 and Hebrews 9:22 without the shedding of blood there is no remission and we will deal with that in a little bit. It is very common for people to say, "Oh yes, we're all sinners." We don't mind admitting that we're all sinners, but the key word in that sentence, all. When we say we're all sinners, it feels more comfortable because it means that, okay, I'm not by myself. I'm not different. We're all the same because we all have sin. That's true. That's true. But what we don't admit is that we have chosen to do wrong instead of right. What we don't admit is that we have chosen to please ourselves rather than to please God. What we don't admit is that we have lived as if there were no God. But at least we admitted that we all have sinned. Mm -hmm. Point being, We all have committed sin. We all have sinned. And that there's not one individual that has never sinned. All of us need to be cleansed from this sin. If if we all have sinned, we must ask ourselves, how do we get rid of sin? If all of us are sinning, how can we get rid of this sin? There is not one thing or one person among us who can afford to live in sin or who can afford to die in sin. I told the story this morning about my son here today so I can put him on the spot. But I told a story this morning so I can't cheat this audience either. And so the story that I told this morning is... um, I worry about my son a little bit because Kiki, God spoke to him in good, intimate conversations. I think more than he had conversations with me. I mean, he have long drawn out conversations with the Lord. I'm serious. I mean, we've experienced how the Lord just, 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 just moved on him so much that he couldn't walk. I mean, we've seen some stuff. Still waiting. I don't understand it because the stuff he has experienced with God, me, haven't experienced. So he... Uh, sat on his bed and the Lord like had a conversation with him D and said yo man you going around I don't know if he said purchasing sin or picking up sin like you can afford it I ain't never heard no such thing the Lord told him you going around purchasing sin picking it up like you can afford it I said oh snap he scared me when he said that because I'm not even thinking about that he said yeah dad the Lord told me that that I was going around 
purchasing sin like I can afford it. And the truth of the matter is now that I get into the text, and I understood what he was saying, but just for the message's sake today, I'm looking at it, and I'm reminded of that thing that he told me, and that is none of us can afford sin. None of us can pay for sin. None of us has what it takes to handle sin. None of us. That's why the Lord can say, you can't go around picking up sin or purchasing sin like you can afford it because you're going to get to the cash register and you won't be able to pay for it because none of us can pay for sin. So why do we still sin if we can't pay for it? Why do we let sin, why do we, you know, just, just, you know, sin when we can't afford it? I mean, what's going on? Help us, Jesus. We may find temporary pleasure in sin, but it will all end in eternal loss to us unless there comes a time when God's grace appears. The grace of God will appear to all people. The grace of God will appear to all people. And what does that mean? God will give you the opportunity to know who he is. It's up to you what you do with that opportunity to know who God is. And hear me, when God reveal himself to you, it's up to you what you do about that. And if you just keep it as head knowledge, if you just keep it as, okay, I know now, you're in trouble. How can you say that, preacher? Because when God revealed himself to Noah, he told Noah, I want you to build an ark and I want you to prepare it because I'm going to rain and destroy this world. And I want you to build an ark and you will go in that ark and your family go in that ark and that's how you will be saved. Can you imagine Noah just bobbing his head? Okay, Lord, I got you, Lord. Okay. And he's got the information and he says, okay, but he never does anything. That's the kind of faith that a lot of people in our world has, Larry. We, we get this revelation from God. We get the word of God to speak to us. We, we read the word of God and we just acknowledge it as truth. We just acknowledge it as, okay, that's right. We just acknowledge it as, I see that, but we never respond to it in obedience. And I'm here to tell you, until we respond by doing something in response to the word of God, it will not help us. We must respond to the word of God for the word of God to help us. We must respond to it. And a lot of times we're just bobbing our heads and we're saying yes. I got to be honest and tell you, if we come together in the church and the truth is spoken, God's word is spoken, and you don't do anything, you're no different than the person that wasn't here. That cut, that cut me and I'm the one saying it. But it's the truth. Because God's word is supposed to cause us to do something. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, even the devil does something about the word of God. The Bible says the devil believe that there is one God and tremble. And so if the devil himself, when he come to get a revelation of who God is, when he received the revelation of the Lord, he does something. He starts shuddering and shaking and trembling. He does something.
nothing from the revelation of who God is. What will you do when God reveal himself to you? When God begin to give you instructions, what will you do? Will you just shake your head, nod your head, or will you do something and say, God, I want to receive the promises that's behind the word. Help me, Jesus. Blood flow. The blood is significant. Yeah, it's a sad fact that men are sinners needing forgiveness of sin and cleansing of their soul. It's sad. But the good news is we can have it. We can have forgiveness of sin. We can have cleansing of soul. Men have tried various methods to get rid of sin. Men tend to say they are just a part of a very imperfect and faulty world. And if the world was not so imperfect and faulty, they would not be sinners. If you look at it that way, then you will never seem or seek to have your sins removed. You, you, you will feel like your justification is enough. Uh, can I tell you this? That word justification is something. Thought about it the other day. Listen to me. Your justification is not like God's justification. We justify so much and think it's okay. And only time justification work in your life is when the almighty God, Jesus Christ, justify you. Uh, and so if you're going to justify yourself in thinking that's the way God will help you, uh, I hate to tell you, you're making a sad mistake. Uh, you're only justified when the Lord says you're justified. Uh, and so I'm not here uh, to make any excuses and justify any reasons for my behavior. If I've sinned, then I've sinned. Uh, and I need Jesus Christ. Christ, uh, to wash me, uh, to cleanse me, uh, to pardon me. Uh, none of us can be clean without the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, his blood uh, cleansing us. It's the only way we can ever get the sins removed is by him uh, pardoning us, delivering us. We make these excuses. No, we say others might... Others make sin out to be inevitable and unavoidable to excuse themselves of having a will and a moral responsibility. And what that means is we just go around saying, listen, man, you live in this messed up world. How can you live perfect? We like, we like to use that word. How can you live perfect? You're always going to mess up. You can't avoid just doing wrong. You're always going to do wrong. And you know what's God's response to that? I taught you how to be moral. And if you want to know how to be moral, go back and look at the Ten Commandments. I've taught you how to be moral. The other thing that the Lord is going to say to you is, I gave you a willpower. Now use it. Because sometimes you have to will yourself to get something done. You will yourself to work overtime to make extra money. You will yourself uh, to uh, do whatever you had to do to, to get through college and, and to earn your degree. You, you willed yourself to do the things that you needed to do in order for you to have what you have you willed yourself to do it how many times you woke up in the morning and didn't feel like going to work but you willed yourself to go to work god gave us a will so when we find ourselves in a place where we don't feel like it or where we feel like we want to do it uh, whether wrong or right we have to will 
ourselves to do or not to do. That's why he gave us the will. You got to will yourself. I can't do that. You got to will yourself. I have to do that. But he gave us will. It's willpower. That's why it's called willpower. Because when we trust in what God has placed inside of us to will ourselves, then that's how we overcome. That's how come we don't allow sin to rule us. Because God has given us will. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, our will is stronger than ever because the Holy Ghost is helping us. Others charge all their personal wrongdoing to the force of temptation or the pressure of circumstances. And we're ignoring the fact that solicitation is not coercion or coercion. It's not. When you see all of the commercials, how it's out of control, I told him this morning, when you go to the mall, like I like to go to the mall, I like to go to the mall. I know it's not a lot of men that like to go to the mall. I like to go to the mall. And so I, yesterday, I had to return something. I went to King of Pressure Mall. I go to King of Pressure Mall like it's around the corner, but I just like to go to the mall. And so I went to return something yesterday at King of Pressure Mall, and man, it's worse than TV. It's bad. They was like Adam and Eve went before um, the Lord clothed them. They, just, they were just covering their private parts, and everything else was just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mall is, is no joke. And you know people been cooped up, so they, they you know, they really just out of control right now. Like, look, I've been cooped up. Let me just get out and let it hang out. And so if you go you go anywhere out there right now, man, you gotta cover your eyes, brothers. <laughs> I'm not even saying anything because I taught that on Thursday, so it's no sense of getting into that. No need for us to act like we don't know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. We better cover our eyes, brothers. The preacher got to cover his eyes. As a matter of fact, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> I'm in the store returning my um returning my clothes, and so the guy that helped me was on the telephone, so I'm waiting for him. So I was facing the 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 glass, looking out into the mall as I'm waiting for him. I said, "Oh Lord!" So instead of instead instead of standing like this. I said, no, no, and I turned this way and put my back to the, to, the, to the glass so I'm looking at the dude in the store. Y'all think I'm kidding? I did it because it was out of control. I'm trying to tell you. Out of control, and it doesn't matter the size. The size didn't change anything. Everybody was just letting their stuff hang. I turned my back to that glass, man. I said, I just, I was sitting there waiting for Brandon until he's ready. And Brandon was on the phone for 10 minutes. I said, I don't care. I'm standing just like this. And I never turned back around again. It's worse than TV right now out there. I'm trying to tell you. Mankind everywhere is consciously guilty before God. Everywhere. Our heart cry out for reconciliation. We might act like we don't want to be saved and we don't want reconciliation. But our heart cry out when you lay in your bed, when you have a private moment, you sit there and you realize that you've done wrong. And you're crying out inside and say, God, as a matter of fact. I'm here in the Holy Ghost right now. There's somebody in here that you sit there, you lay there, and you cry out, say, God, help me. But when you come to the building where we come together, you don't do anything. Just heard from the Holy Ghost. You lay there, and you know when it's just you, nobody else. You're sitting there, laying there, 
you and God in your mind, that conversation goes on and you know, God, yeah, I know I'm wrong. Yeah, God, I know I did that. Yeah, God, I need to be delivered. Yeah, God, I need to be set free. You're there having that conversation in your mind with the Lord. But then you come into the house of God and you act like you don't need it. God is saying, I'm giving you the opportunity that you need. What do you want me to do? I'm giving you the opportunity. What do you want me to do? When are you going to just pour out yourself before me? When are you going to really do what you need to do so you can be free? God is talking to somebody in here this morning, and he wants you to be free. And the way you're going to be free is get in the house of God and get real and surrender yourself to him and give yourself to him and not worry about it because you know when it was just you and him in your private moment, you confessed in your mind that you know you weren't right. You confessed in your mind that you know you're doing wrong and you need to be delivered. You said that in your mind and God has brought you into the house to say now what? That's the Holy Ghost. That wasn't from the preacher. And so we're looking. We want to be cleansed. We want to be delivered from our sins. But God is saying you're going to have to do something. We, we, we want it to just be easy, that God do all the work. Relationship don't work like that. Relationship is not one person do all the work and the other person just sit back. Let me tell you something. In that kind of situation where one person is doing all of it, sooner or later they get tired. Don't mess up your relationship like that where one is just doing all the work and you become comfortable because the one is just bending over backwards all the time. And when you see that, you're just taking that for granted. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't take that person for granted by just letting them just keep on doing what they do and holding it all together. I remember years ago, a beautiful sister in our church came to me and says, I can't do it anymore. And and I said, I said something. I wasn't a pastor, so I couldn't tell her anything more than this. And so I said to her, I said, sis, you are the driver of that relationship. And the day you get tired of driving is going to crash. She did. She did get tired of driving. What we don't do is be honest with one another and say, listen, I feel like I've been driving this relationship for a long time. Can you help me, please? Can you help me? And the other person to be sensitive enough to say, all right, in what area you need me to help? Because if we don't do that, the driver will get tired. The driver can't keep driving. The driver need a break. It shouldn't be that way where it's just the driver. It should really be while we both take our place in a, in, in a relationship and work together. But I just see it often that there's always one that's driving, always doing the driving. And then the other one just, just kind of enjoy the benefits. Sooner or later, the driver gets tired. Seen it many times, sooner or later. So if you're in a relationship where you're taking advantage, go help the driver. And if you're the driver that's driving, go talk to the person and say, listen, I need you to help me drive. I can't drive all the time. What does it mean when we say that a man has sinned and that there is no remission for him? It means a man has disobeyed God or he has missed the mark and is trapped, locked up in and by his sin. So when we say that we have sinned and and, 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 and when we say that there is no remission, because that's what happens when you sin and there is no remission. When, when you sin and there's no remission, it means that you have oh, disobeyed God. 
it means that you have missed the mark in what you're supposed to do. And when there is no remission, it means that you're locked up in and by your sin and that you cannot be pardoned. You cannot be freed or delivered except almighty God, Jesus Christ, deliver you or set you free. So when you sin against God, you are trapped, you're locked up, and you cannot be free. Sin is a death sentence to you. Sin is a death sentence. Any one of us that stay in sin, we are on death row. And the time will come when we will be executed because sin will destroy us because none of us has the remedy for sin. None of us can afford sin. And if we leave sin in our life, it will destroy us. We can't afford it. And so when we sin, if we don't go to God, we will stay locked up and we will be controlled. Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The scripture asserts that the blood is the life of an individual or even animal. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. That's what Leviticus 17 says. Now, life is our most precious possession. All that a man has will he give for his life. Whatever you own, anything you have, you will give if it means your life. Life is the most precious thing to us. So if we can stop here for a moment before I close out here. So if life is the most precious thing that we own, and naturally, we need the blood to keep living. We do whatever we got to do to make sure the blood is still flowing so we can keep living naturally. What are we doing spiritually to make sure the blood is applied to our life so we can live spiritually? When we go to the doctor and they said you have blood issues, they give you medicine to regulate it. And guess what? We take it. Why? Because we want to make sure our situation is good concerning the blood. So the bottom line is, without the blood, your spiritual life, you won't have one. What are we doing? Are we going to the doctor, Dr. Jesus, and ask him what's the remedy to take care of the blood situation in our spiritual life? The shedding of blood is equivalent to the giving of life. Blood and life is one and the same. Because without the blood, there is no life. With the blood, there is life. Oh, God help us. If it's in the natural, without the blood, there is no life. With the blood, you have life. In the spiritual, without the blood, you have no spiritual life. With the blood, you have spiritual life. The blood is essential to a human being living in the natural and living in the spiritual. We cannot exist and live a life of blessings and eternal destiny unless the blood is applied to our life. The blood is flowing in our life. Somebody said we need the blood. You've heard it many times in, in, in church, reading the word of God. You hear about the blood. 
But today God wanted me to explain the blood to you so you understand its importance because he made sure I understood the importance of his blood. Apart from shedding of blood, there is no remission. This is not an arbitrary imposed condition of forgiveness of sin. The necessities of the case demand it. Sin is a death sentence. And we need the blood to be sure we do not follow through with the death that awaits us. And so think about how good our Lord Jesus Christ is. Think about how good he is. The Bible says he changed not. And so when he designed and created everything, he set laws in place. And one of the things that he said was, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And Jesus says, I change not. And when his word go out, it shall not return unto him void. Whatever he said in motion, it's a done deal. He can't retract it. Whatever he says, that's what it is. And so he said, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. So all of us that was born from Adam till now, well, Adam wasn't born, Eve wasn't born, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but from Adam and Eve till us today, the bottom line is we all have sinned, which means we all must die. That's the law of being for the human race. That we all sin, we all need to die. Because that's what the creator said. That's the law that he has in place. The soul that sinned shall surely die. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, help me, Jesus. Church, let me just slow it down and just explain this to you. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why Almighty God became the man Jesus Christ. Let me talk to you, Sister Sharp, because you're, you're listening. Almighty God became Jesus Christ, and he had to be fully God and fully man because he had to have a soul. He had to be just like us because guess what? If he is the substitute for every human being that sinned, if he is the substitute, he had to be just like human. If not, it wouldn't be right. So in order for somebody to die so somebody can live, it had to be a real person dying. And so because we didn't die, guess what? He died in our stead. Because he can't change the law that says the soul that sinned shall surely die. So what he's saying is somebody got to die for sin. Because I set that law in place. Somebody got to die for sin. So for all of you that sin, you all have to die. Well, he said, oh, I love them. And my desire for creating them, my will for creating them is that one day we will have sweet fellowship. We will be holy together. We will live eternally together. And there will be no pain and no dying or no crying. And we will just have this great relationship. And that's why I created them so somebody can have fellowship with me because I was always here by myself. And so that's why I created them. And so here we go. And so he said, that wouldn't make sense if they just all die. Then that wouldn't make sense. So how do I fix that? I can't take my word back. I can't take my word back. I said what I said. So how do I fix it that the soul that sinneth shall surely die? Well, what he said was, I 
will be that substitute. So I will die in their stead so they don't have to die. And that's why the blood was shed. The blood had to flow, but he had to become. This is a strong explanation as to why Almighty God became man. It's nothing separate. He couldn't separate it. So when you see Jesus, you was looking at God himself. There was no other person, no other spirit. It was almighty God that you were seeing because he had to. Listen, remember, there was no human being qualified because all have sinned. So nobody could be a substitute. So the only one that could die for us was one that never sinned. So God had to become man. He couldn't send no son. Because there wasn't no son to send. How can you send a son? How did he have son in heaven? <laughs> don't get me started about this. I don't like to get started because y'all know I'll just keep on going about this. Because there's no way to have a son in heaven. And when he started out in the beginning, we didn't read about a son. So how all of a sudden the son popped up and then came? No, nah, that's not it. God became a man. And in order, when you become a man, you automatically have to be a son. You can't become a person without having a mom and dad. So when you hear the son of God, it's still God. But what he's saying is in earth, I am a son. I have to be a son. How else I'm going to legally exist in the earth? By being a son of Mary and Joseph, who was my stepdad. So God became man and became the substitute the innocent for the guilty because we were guilty and we were supposed to be done. But the law did say in Leviticus, it's the blood that make an atonement for our sins. And so way back then in Leviticus, the third book in the Bible, he is trying to show us to understand the blood make an atonement for our sins. And so the bottom line is he had to shed his blood to make an atonement for our sins. That's why we're still here today and that's why we have hope today because Jesus Christ shed his blood that we can have spiritual life and so we can have eternal life. We can't take this thing for granted and hear me today church there is no other way to erase sin. There is no other way to pardon sin. There is no other way to be free from sin except by the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, and so we're going to close out here. We're going to close out here. Christ offered up his most precious life as a sacrifice for sin. The divine condition of forgiveness is fulfilled, and forgiveness is now within reach of every man. All of us can receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is within reach. It is freely offered to all men. There is not one of us that have sinned that God didn't extend forgiveness. He offered forgiveness through the blood that he shed for every one of us. Somebody say blood flow. Uh-huh. And so I close with this, if you will stand with me. There is no forgiveness for us, apart from Jesus Christ, you cannot be forgiven 
by the priests. You cannot be forgiven by the pastor. You cannot be forgiven by the Pope. You cannot be forgiven by anyone except the one that was the substitute for you. Can you imagine we're going to all these people, going to all this, going through all this trouble to try to get our sins erased, and those situations, those people have no clue and did nothing to erase your sin. As a matter of fact, we talked about last week, they're just a man like you, and they sin just like you, so there's no way they can be the substitute for your sin. And so, our works cannot save us. Our works cannot erase our sins. Presumptuous trust in the mercy of God, will not erase your sins. What does that mean, preacher? Because all of us, not all of us, but a lot of us, when we don't want to do what is required of us to get our sins erased and pardoned, because we don't want to do that. You know what we, 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 we rest our laurels on? Well, God is merciful, and God sees all things, and God understands, and so we never go to him for him to pardon us for our sin because we think just because of his mercy, we will be fine. Church, that's not the way it works. It doesn't work that way. And for so long, we, let me tell you something, you cannot serve the Lord and think he does all the work and you do nothing. We got to get out of that mentality and thinking that God does all the work and he's just such a good God and he's going to do all the work. And so I don't have to worry about a thing because he loves me so much. He created me and he is so merciful and so kind. So I don't have to do anything. Don't fool yourself like that. God is the author of relationship. And I remember in the garden, he said to Adam, Adam, where art thou? And I understand that to mean I like when we're together and there's exchange between us. It's not supposed to be me doing all this by myself. And so we have to take our cue from the one who created us that you don't get into relationship and expect one person to do all the work. He initiated it, but he needs you to participate in it. But we live like we want him to initiate, participate, and bring it home. And all we do is just do what we want, and he's got it. The Bible says this. How can two walk together lest they agree? If we live the way we want and do what we do, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. How would we ever spend eternity with him? Tell me that. If you, Some of this thing that's spiritual, we can really look at it and it will make sense naturally. How can we spend eternity with the righteous and holy God? If we're different from him, if we're living differently from him, if we have different standards and principles than him, how would we ever walk together with him? And so if we live our life every day practicing the way how we live, that's fine, but you can't walk with him because it's different with him. He does things differently. 
So our responsibility is to, is to live here on this earth, preparing ourselves to live with him eternally. And the way you live with him eternally is that you're both in agreement. How are you going to ever get in agreement? Allow him to continue to shape you and mold you. He is the potter. We are the clay. While we're living here, submit to him. Let him work in your life. Obey him. Let you learn his principles and his standards. So by the time you either die and go to heaven or you get raptured when the rapture come you will know how to live together with him but you can't live together with Jesus if you lived your life on earth doing what you want we can't flip the switch what we think we're going to live how we want and then he's going to say come to heaven and then the flip, uh, switch can flip and we're going to know how to be holy and we're going to know how to be righteous and we're going to know how to live right no it don't work that way so we have to allow him to do his part but we have to do our part and so i finish up here by explaining this to you shedding of blood what does that really mean it's the act of killing the act of killing a pouring out of the blood so when you kill the animal blood flows out when jesus was on the cross we know the story sword in the side blood flows out so in order for there to be a shedding, it means there must be a killing. With the animal, there was a killing. With Jesus, there was a killing. So that's the only way the blood can be shed. So it's safe to say the blood has been shed. The blood has been shed. When he went to the cross and they speared him in the side, the blood has been shed. So we know the blood has been shed. We know he died. All right. So that's shedding. Now, here we go. Remission. What does remission mean? So that's the only way the blood can be shed. So it's safe to say the blood has been shed. So the next thing is remission. Remission is he pardons your sins. Remission is you get delivered from sin. Remission is you are forgiven of sin. Remission is to be released from sin. He's already shed the blood. But there is no remission yet until you do your part. He's already shed the blood. But there is no remission until you do your part. And unfortunately, Larry, there's a lot of people walking around thinking they have remission because he's just good. There's a lot of people walking around thinking they have remission, think he's just so merciful. But they didn't do anything to obtain remission. The shedding of the blood has taken place. But remission needs to take place for you to truly be in relationship with him. So I go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. The Bible says this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. That same word. Remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so, here is what happens. Repentance is what must be done for you to experience remission. 
The shedding of blood has already taken place. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He's already promised remission of sin, removal, forgiveness, pardon. But how does it all happen? You have to play your part. And the Bible says the way you play your part is by repentance. So, as I said this morning, you've got the shedding of blood. He initiated it. I love, I love the Lord. He says that he loved us while we were yet sinners. So he's been initiating goodness to us. Oh, God, help us. He's always initiating goodness. And what we do is we just think that's enough. So he initiates goodness towards us and we walk around with our head up like God is good. No, he initiates his goodness. But now we must take part in it by doing our part. And how do you do that? Repentance. And when you repent, he says, that's when I make you free of it. That's when you're, you're, you're free and no longer bound by those sins. What is repentance, preacher? Repentance transformation of our inner motives from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. We are just innately self-centered from being babies and being taken care of. We never change. And so we innately are self-centered. But God says, if you come to me and you repent, you are repenting from being self-centered to becoming Christ-centered. You want your motives to be changed because that's why we are self-centered. Our motives are just wrong. Everything that we do when we are self-centered, it will lead back to us in some way, shape, or form. You let somebody talk long enough, you will find out that they have something to gain out of what they're saying. Because we're just set up that way to have something come back to us. That's called self centeredness and God didn't want us after we are transformed by the power of his name and his blood through baptism and his spirit he wanted us to now become Christ centered why can you how can you become Christ centered and 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 not still want listen God is telling you I'll take care of you so stop worrying about if you become Christ-centered, that you, you won't have everything that you need. Are you kidding me? God knows what you have need of before you know what you have need of. We just have to trust him that he will take care of all of our needs. But we're afraid to allow him to transform us to become Christ-centered because in our mind we're saying, but what about the things I want? And he's saying, duh, would you think I'm just a crazy dad? What do you think? I'm not going to take care of you? What do you think? I'm going to let you have need? I'm like, too bad? If your earthly father take care of the needs that you have, I'm almighty God. Don't you think I'll take care of you? When you're corrupt daddy? Me. That sins? Me. That think he know everything but don't me. If he takes care of his children, what do you think me, almighty God, will do for you all? Are you kidding me? Get Larry, you take good care of your family. And God is saying, if you, you think I'm going to let you outdo me, Larry? Wayne, you think I'm going to let you outdo me, Down, You think I'm going to let you outdo me? That's what he's saying. Like, like you all are sinful people that I saved by my blood, and you think you're going to treat your family better than I treat you? You must be out of your mind. So we don't have to worry about him transforming us and we becoming Christ-centered because he will take good care of us.
And so you repent by saying, Lord, I repent of my sins. And when you repent of your sins, what you're saying is, Lord, from this moment on, I deny myself so I can choose your ways. That's true repentance. True repentance is telling the Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me. I repent of my sins. From now on, Lord, I am not living to do my own thing. I am not living for myself, but I will live in following your ways. When you truly repent that way and you live that way, you experience remission. And so a lot of times we come to church and we never experience remission because the word encourage us. We like the teaching, but we don't do what we have to do to take advantage of what God has promised us. And so God has promised you today remission, removing your sins, forgiving you, pardoning you. You can't fool God through repentance. You can't fool God through repentance. So you saying, God, forgive me, and no longer am I going to be self-centered, but I want to be Christ-centered, change my motive. And Lord Jesus, I deny myself today so I can follow your ways. Those are words. But God knows if it's in your heart, and that's what you'll do. So the question to you today is, will you take a few minutes, few minutes before you leave out of here to experience remissions? To experience remission. Will you take a few minutes to just go to God and say, God, I want to be real. I want my sins to be erased. I don't want to walk around with this death sentence, this death penalty. I want to be cleansed. I want to be delivered. Will you take just a couple minutes before we go and talk to the Lord so you can leave here differently than how you came in? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Your word has gone forth, Lord God, and now it's time for us to respond to it. Lord Jesus, help us this morning, this afternoon, that we, oh God, will understand the importance of responding to the word of God by, Lord God, doing our part. And today it's clear that our part is repentance. Our part, Lord God, is to make it right with you so you can erase, oh God, the stain of sin. So you can erase, Lord God, that death penalty that is Oh, God, in our life, I pray this afternoon, oh, God, that you will break the invisible chains, oh, God. For, Lord, we confess to you this morning. We admit to you this morning that we have sinned against you, that we have been self-centered, Lord God, and we have not been Christ-centered, Lord. Will you change our motives, almighty God? We need a new motive, Lord God, for our motive is corrupt. Our motive is ungodly. Our motive is self centered. Our motive is unrighteous. And so we ask you today, oh God, that you'll get inside of our heart and change our motive because Lord, we want to be cleansed. We want to experience remission. And we repent this morning of all our immorality and ungodliness and unrighteousness. We want to be free and we don't want to, oh God, be condemned to eternal, oh God, life without you. So we ask that 
today, Lord God, that you will forgive us, Lord God. We deny ourselves from our own ways. And we look to you now to say, God, command us. And, oh God, help us to live according to your ways. For we want to serve you and please you. We want to live a life, oh God, that is Christ-centered and not self-centered. Will you cleanse us today, oh God, that we may experience remission and that we will be cleansed and washed and delivered in the name of Jesus Christ, never ever to be the same again. I pray, Lord God, that somebody today will hear my voice, hear your word, and God, take the opportunity you have given them to repent. You have shed your blood. We must repent to experience remission. Lord, we need remission. For with sin, Lord God, we will not experience eternal life in Christ. Erase that stain of sin and cleanse us and set us free. For we repent today, Lord God, to say, not my will, but thine will be done. Oh, Father, we give you the praise and the honor. Oh, somebody give him glory. Somebody praise him today. Somebody thank him today. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Won't you go ahead and thank him for what he has done for you. Won't you go ahead and appreciate him for he is the innocent one and he gave his life for you and me who are the guilty ones. Oh God, we thank you this morning, this afternoon. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise your name. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on, clap your hands and lift up the name of Jesus. Open up your mouth and give him a shout of praise. Oh, open up your mouth and thank him this morning. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. The Lord, he is God, and we bless his name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody thank God for being cleansed, for being free, for being delivered. Oh, for being healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! We thank you, Lord. Listen, hear me today. You can walk in remission. You just heard a word today that is supposed to carry you along the way. Because remission is available. But just don't walk around anymore thinking that you are experiencing remission if you never repented. And we have to repent in order to experience remission. And when you repent and you experience remission, now the question is, God, what do you need me to do? Because now, remember, when you repented, you're saying, I'm no longer living to please me. I'm living to please the Lord. Now you need to say, God, what do I do to please you? God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us on our live stream. We love you. We appreciate you. And have a wonderful afternoon.